In the 25th chapter of the book of Matthew, in the 31st verse, it says, And before him, talking about Jesus, shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. Now, I want to talk to you today about the subject of the final day. Hello, I'm Brother Paul Bryson, and this is the Wells of Salvation that comes to you over this station each week. So uh, we welcome you, we're glad to have you, and at the end of the program, we'll give you a mailing address. If you'd like to have a free CD, then you need to have a pencil and paper ready to take down our address. Uh, I want to talk to you about that final day, because there's going to be uh, a time uh, whenever time itself shall be no more. And that's what uh, the uh, writer said, that the angel would put one foot in the sea and one up on dry land and declare that time shall be no more. Can you imagine that? You see, whatever time it is where you live, it's nighttime, daytime, morning, evening, whatever it is. But let's just say it's noon, 12 o'clock of the day. What about if you knew beyond any shadow of a doubt that nightfall would never come? that time was going to stop at 12.15. And then beyond that, there's no more time. Would you be ready to leave? Well, look, I used a 15 increment of time when maybe you've just got less than 15 seconds before you enter into the realms of the damned, those that will be called forth to give an account for every deed done in the body, whether it be good or bad. And you know, I can look at the other side of that for the saved people, and I know this is going to bring you a lot of comfort. It certainly does me, because it's the Word of God. Whenever in the third chapter of 1 John, and the second verse, he said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Would you love to see the Lord? Why, I know you do. If you've been saved, you just, uh, you think about him, you pray to him, uh, you witness to people about him because he was the one that moved the great burden of sin off of your soul and gave you peace that you cannot describe. That's a peace that passes, well, the Bible says it, that it passes all understanding. You don't understand the peace like that because we never experience that in this world. That's the reason why that a lost man, I don't care how educated he or she may be, 
I don't care how much of the Bible they have memorized, even from the front to the back. I don't care how many churches they join, if it's from one sea to another shining sea. Without this new birth that Jesus says is essential, they don't have a thing. They don't have nothing at all toward helping them get to heaven. It's just not going to happen. Why is it that people just cannot be persuaded to believe that? It's Bible. I, I don't have the time right now to sit here and explain to you how that we know that the Bible is the Word of God. You know, uh, I can say this much just in passing. There's 66 books. It had authors that lived centuries apart, but yet their writings are not in conflict. We hear people say, oh, the Bible says something here and something different over there. Well, if it does, it just only proves that your mind is carnal and you can't grasp it. So don't, let on, don't blame it on the Bible because the Holy Spirit of God wrote it as, uh, well, he said holy men of old wrote it as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So let's move on from that. We know it's the truth. There's no other standard. There's no other book that you're going to be judged by. Uh, your prayers are not going to be taken from a prayer book that someone had when you get to hell, unless you've memorized them all, and then you can say prayers throughout all eternity that has no end, and you can just pray those prayers. And let me tell you, friend, they're doing just as much good right now as they will be when you get to hell. They're worthless. It's in our heart is where God has seen fit to dwell. And he wants to dwell in your body. He wants to change that mortal body into a body like an unto his. One that'll never sin. It'll never die. It'll never get sick. And so on. So we have in Christ, we have the greatest, brightest hope. And as we continue down life's road, we see his hand in more things than we ever did whenever we were uh, first saved. I was saved when I was 19, and that was January the 26th, uh, sorry, January the 29th, 1956, that the Lord saved me. I was a horrible, hell-deserving sinner, but I had heard the preaching of the gospel, and thank God I was raised where there was an old-fashioned missionary Baptist church that believed and practiced the truth. And so whenever uh, I got to being under conviction, uh, I had the proper teaching to tell me what I needed to do. I needed to repent uh, with all my heart and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Not trust in my own goodness, but trust in his and what he did for me. But you know, it was almost like I'd never heard the gospel whenever I began to seek him on that night in January of 1959. And, uh, sorry, 1956. And so you see the 
uh, influence of early training. I was taught that there was a, a day of judgment coming, that it was the final day. There wouldn't be any further need of more days. You and I, we've been on this planet as a race of people for about 6,000 years or so. And let me tell you, we've had all this time to get it right, and we've still not got it right. So one day, God is going to look down at this uh, heathen, pagan world and pagan religions, even in the mainstream churches, and he's going to turn to his son that sits at his right hand, and he's going to say, Son, I've had all this I can stand. Go and get my people out of there. And so like a flash of lightning, he'll return and the souls of them that sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. So he's going to. There's a day appointed whenever God is going to judge the secrets of men's heart. And you need to know that. You need to understand there's nothing hidden that will not be revealed. That's what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. He was just telling those self-righteous Pharisees, uh, you don't have anything hidden. And not only that, I'm going to reveal it. I'm going to say it to the world. It's going to be shouted. Uh, well, he said that which is spoken in secret shall be shouted from the housetops. Uh, what have you done in this last week that you would uh, want God to shout it out to the world as to what you've done. I don't think so. I think you would run for the mountains. You'd run somewhere to hide. And I don't know of a human being on this earth that wouldn't be following you if they thought the same thing is going to happen to them. Because even if we were perfect during the daytime, we dream uh, sometimes wicked dreams. And so, you know, we're sinners. Let's just face it, we are sinners. Well, there's going to be a day when all sinners are going to be called to stand in judgment and be examined by none other than Jesus Christ. The man that they rebelled against, the man they crucified, the man that they wanted nothing to do with his people, but they wanted to live it their way. And so God allowed it. You know, if you want to go to hell, he'll let you go to hell. But if you want to go to heaven, he'll uh, convict you. That's what has to happen. We have to hear the word of God. And through hearing the word of God, it convicts our heart. It makes us realize and see for our own selves that we are lost sinners. Not going to be lost. John said in the third chapter and 18th verse, he said, He that believeth is not condemned. He that believeth not is condemned already, meaning that God has already judged you. He has declared by his own counsel and uh, eternal self 
that the soul that sinneth, it shall surely die. Now he's talking about that second death. He's not talking about us dying here, even though we will. We all have the seeds of death in our bosom. And it's just a matter of time when one of those seeds is going to pop out and we're gone. And I know any one of you probably could uh, place as many things on the table as I can that has happened to me. Uh, I've had the normal childhood diseases, whooping cough, uh, uh, all those kind of things. And then I've had back surgery. I've had my gallbladder removed. I've had open heart surgery. I've had just a stent put in my heart when I was in Kenya. Uh, I, I had a heart attack. That's the first one. And so I had to have a stent put in when I got back to the United States. Now then, I have had a triple bypass. That means they had to fix three of the arteries that were going into my heart that any one of them could have killed me at any time because I have heart disease. And you see, I think it was back in uh, April of this year that I had shoulder surgery on my left shoulder. And then here the last day, uh, maybe the first day of May, I had the other shoulder operated on. So I've just been whacked and whacked on till you know, it's pretty much taking its toll. But here's the good thing about it. I'm going to have a body like his. It'll never need any repairs like our bodies do as we go through this life. But you see, that's not going to happen now. It's going to happen at the last day when the trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ shall be raised first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And I'm looking forward to that time. I hope you are. Uh, if you've been saved and you have that peace in your heart, then yes, uh, you, you need to be happy because you have a treasure. And listen to this, please. You have a treasure, if you've been saved, that is far greater than any reward you could have here on this earth. If you were to take all the money out of all the banks, out of all the places in the ocean where gold and silver and uh, different spices were uh, taken down by a storm, if you had all of that, you still wouldn't have anything because it's going to slip through your fingers. So you see, the, the wise thing to do is to see yourself. Ask God to help you to see yourself as a lost, hell-deserving sinner. And that you cannot save yourself by being good, even though you should be good, but that's for everybody. But a Christian especially should try their best to be as you know, the best Christian they can be. But, Senator friend, I, I just want to 
plead with you. Uh, if I had the time to go through all these uh, verses that we have concerning this matter, uh, I think you might uh, take your head and lift it up and think, wait a minute, what have I been doing all these years? Now, I read that one to you in the 25th chapter of Matthew in the 32nd verse where all the nations would be gathered before him and he'd separate them as a sheep uh, as a shepherd does the sheep from the goats. Now then listen to this in uh, John chapter 5 and verse 22. He said, For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. So you see this man that you have to crucify to get rid of him. You were saying away with him. You're going to have to meet him. You're going to have to stand before him. You're going to have to give an account for everything, everything, every idle word. You're going to have to give an account to him. Are you sure that you're ready for that? Well, I can tell you, if you're not saved, I can guarantee you, you are not ready. And you could leave this world of troubles and sorrows at any moment, at any moment, and be thrust into the destiny that's going to be yours for all eternity, which has absolutely no end. Now, on the in the tenth chapter of Acts, you know, whenever Peter had gone down to Cornelius's house, who was a Gentile, and this is during the time whenever the church was trying to show that all the nations, regardless what their uh, makeup was, whether it be Jew, Gentile, or barbarian, or whatever, but he said he's talking about Jesus again, and he's he commanded us to preach unto the people and testified that is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. The word quick means living, between the living and the dead. Now, which one of those uh, categories do you best fit in? Are you, shall we say, dead? Well, if you're dead to God, you most certainly are. And my friend, let me tell you, you don't you don't get over that at death. Uh, if you go to many funerals, you're going to find out that a preacher will say as many kind words as he can over that loved one that the family has lost. Sometimes it's true. Sometimes it isn't. Well, if it isn't true, then it doesn't matter what the preacher says. If the man was lost, he's in hell while his funeral is being preached. And I don't think I'd want that. Do you? Surely not. <clears throat> well, you need to get at it because I can't tell you how long you have. Uh, you might be a very young person and still just have a matter of minutes or an hour to live. I don't know that. That's God's business. But I do know this. Uh, he's coming back. 
And this world is not ready for him. They'll never be ready for him. They hated him. They, Jesus said they hated me without a cause. There was no reason. They just did. They just didn't like holiness or righteousness. And so they decided we'll just kill him. And so um, he said also in Acts 17, this is Paul. He said, because he hath appointed a day in which he will uh, judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. In other words, <clears throat> when Paul was preaching to these people, they were sitting around a bunch of idols and worshiping all of them and just in case they had missed one, they said, let's make one to the unknown God. And so they did. So they thought they had all of their bases covered, but they didn't. They left out the, the man that was important, and that was Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Because he's telling them that God has appointed a day. What day is that? It's the final day that he's going to judge this world in righteousness. We do not have any righteousness of our own. We may have man's righteousness, which is not worth anything, but to have the righteousness of God, it's obtained through faith. It's not in doing things, it's in believing. As Paul says, again, in the 10th chapter of Romans, he said, for with the heart, now that doesn't mean the muscle that's pumping in your bosom. He's talking about into the very core of your being. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Have you ever had that experience? Have you believed unto righteousness? Well, you would know it if you had because whenever that soul that has been the slave of sin, when it's freed from that through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and it's given righteousness. That soul knows it. That soul realizes I'm no longer a sinner. I'm free. I'm just like a bird that has been let out of a cage. I can, oh, I'm as free as the breeze. And I know I'm ready to die whenever that time comes. Sinner friends, I don't know what to say. I just want you to know that there is a final day that is going to come. You're going to be included in it. And Paul and James and John, all of them, they have reference to death and the judgment. You don't find them talking about anything else much. But here, uh, well, it's just like in Romans, 
whenever Paul said in the second chapter and 15th verse, he said, in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Well, now, friends, let me tell you something. Any gospel that doesn't have Jesus Christ as the author and finisher of our faith and that he's going to be our judge at the final day, it's not a Bible gospel. It's man's gospel. It's one to make you feel good. It's one to dull your senses of the great need that you have of being saved. I hope you've not swallowed religion and thought it was salvation. Religion is whenever man tries to work his way toward God. But salvation, as Jonah said, it's of the Lord and it comes down to the heart. It, it does its work there. And then, of course, it works its way out through the members of our bodies. Uh, our hands, uh, they're to be used for God's glory. Our eyes, our thinking, everything about us. We're to do it for the honor and the glory of God. That is well-pleasing in his sight. But let me say to you that if you are not ready when that day comes, oh my, there's never been a man that has ever lived outside of Jesus Christ that could describe to you what you're facing. There's no escape. There's no postponement. There's not another way. If, if you go to heaven, it's going to be the same way everyone else has went. They, they got under conviction. They repented of their sins. And they began to seek the Lord and dead till they found him. And then they had that peace that passes all understanding, as the scripture says, in their heart. They knew that they were saved and that they had a home in heaven. Now, these people that deny what I've just said, I have really worried about them because I don't think they uh, realize the seriousness of having a heartfelt salvation, one that you know about. See, if I tell you that you're saved, that's all you have. I'm not going to, but if I did, that's all you'd have. But if the Lord tells you that you're saved, my friend, you have everything and you could rejoice and be exceedingly glad. And in 2 Timothy, I want to give you this one, in 4th chapter 1, he said, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and dead at his appearing and his kingdom. He's going to do that. When? At the final day. Are you ready for that day to come? There's a song that we sing a lot of times during revival here. Are you ready? Are you ready for that great day to come? Just remember, it's the final day. You may be living your final day on earth right now. I don't know. I may be. But if I am, guess what I'm fixing to see just in a little while, if that's the case. I'm going to give you my mailing address. 
And if you'd like to have a free CD, then you may write me. I'll be delighted to send it to you. Send your request to Brother Paul 2701 Sample, S-A-M-P-L-E Scales, S-C-A-L-E-S Rogue, Homer, H-O-M-E-R, Georgia, 305-47-USA. I deeply appreciate you listening. I trust that you'll make this a regular thing to listen each week at this time. And I hope you get saved. If you do, would you let us know? Uh, not for any feathers in our cap, because I can't save you. But I'd just like to rejoice with you and know that I have another brother or sister that's going to heaven with me. And we all go through the man who said, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved. May God bless you and yours. Till the same time next week. <laughs>